honored to go to our phone lines and uh, bring on a good friend of the program, Cole Kubelik of the SCC Network and Jocks 94.5, joining us here on today's show to talk all things spring football. Cole, we appreciate the time as always. Uh, how'd you enjoy your trip up to the Plains and for that spring game on Saturday? Oh, it was, it was great. Always great to be back in town and especially, you know, had the wife and three kids all down there with me. Seemed so. like the kiddos had a good time from some of those photos. Yeah, I think they're, the best part was probably getting ice cream at Tumor's Corner, but um, <laughs> you know, maybe one day they'll realize being on the field before the spring game is pretty cool, too. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's get into it. Kind of tell me, because uh, you obviously talk about this a lot every day with your radio show, and you've been covering football for many, many years and played the sport as well. What kind of expectations did you have for the event going into it? Uh, you know, I, I knew it was going to be quick, and, and I knew we probably weren't going to get a lot of reps just because of the way that Coach Harson was going to set it up. So I was very interested to see exactly what we did get and what we would learn. Yeah. And I, I thought I was able to get some nice takeaways. You know, the receiver yeah. position is a massive yeah. question, Mark. Yeah. You guys don't need me to tell you that. Yeah. Uh, but I thought from what we saw from Javaris Dawson, pretty impressive yeah. there. Javaris Johnson was also uh, a guy that, that's not necessarily competing, yeah. but I think that we're going to be able to rely on in the fall. Jay Fair, early enrollee, made a couple of plays. Shedrick Jackson's kind of been the leader of that group throughout spring football, and, and he kind of showed what he's going to be capable of doing. Landon King bumps out from tight end, gives you a bigger, more physical body out on the perimeter that I think now is going to be able to help you in red zone situations and, and, and different situations that you might not have a bigger body that can help you out and, and bail you out a couple different times a game. And caught the one touchdown pass, a back shoulder throw from Holden Garner and, and kind of showed you what he'll be able to give you there. I, I saw Landon in fall practice last year and kind of thought to myself immediately, man, this kid is athletic, he's fast got good flexibility he might be able to help and just got to see a little bit of him late in the season last year but now I think he might be somebody who could really help you and then you know Malcolm Johnson a young man that's got elite speed big time speed but just kind of needs to learn how to play receiver a little bit more guy that didn't get his senior year of high school football because of COVID still learning the position still trying to grow a little bit more so that was one of the bigger positions that I was interested to see how it would play out and I think we got a couple of those questions answered so very limited amount of snaps, but from what we did get, I thought we got a peek into a few guys that maybe going to contribute that we haven't spent a ton of time talking about since the end of last season. Uh, Cole, everybody around here obviously wants to know about the quarterback position. Uh, Robbie Ashford uh, looked pretty good there in 8A. Obviously, it's 8A. You can only take so much from it, but just your kind of takeaways from quarterback position, what you're looking forward, uh, looking to going forward in this quarterback battle. Well, let's start with Robbie Ashford because I'll, I'll say this, uh, and I, I've, I went to practice a couple of times during the spring. Um, Robbie Ashford is going to help Auburn this fall. I, I'm not sure that he'll end up being the starting quarterback, but he will have a role, and that may only be playing quarterback. It may be along the lines of a, of a trade burden at Florida, if you guys remember what he used to offer, or you know, if you put South Carolina's film on and you see Jaheim Bell, I think that would be the role for a Robbie Ashford where he may really be able to make some money one day. Um, I don't know if he's going to be Auburn's starting quarterback. Now, the good news is Brian Harson told us he got better every single day. He said first day of spring ball, there was some deer in headlight looks, and they were kind of concerned, didn't really know what he was going to be able to offer. But he worked it. He went out, gave good effort, uh, paid attention, um, you know, kind of soaked up the information that he needed to and got better each and every day. And you saw he looked pretty good against the first defense Saturday afternoon in the spring game. He also hasn't played a ton 
you know, he was banged up at Hoover a little bit. He goes to Oregon. Obviously not going to be a starting quarterback there. Uh, so now he comes in, and, and thankfully Calzada for him, thankfully for him, Calzada's a little bit nicked up and not getting all the reps, and he's had a chance to grow a little bit. He's gotten some of those developmental reps. But either way, I'll just say this right now. Robbie Ashford will help Auburn this fall. That, that's going to happen. I thought TJ looked better. I thought he looked more comfortable. And it's weird to say it because he hasn't been in Auburn, Alabama that long. I mean, he's the old veteran of the group. He's the guy that has the best command on the offense. He, he's the quarterback that knows things better than anybody else. And there's a few things technically, fundamentally, he's got to work on. You know, his delivery, his footwork, sits on that back foot a little bit too often. Got to continue to learn how to drive into, that, into those throws and not let the ball sail on him. But he's a young man that I think you saw some of the touch down the field. He's got the arm strength. He's got decent mobility. And if he can operate the offense best, he's going to have a great chance to win the job. I, I think people are underselling how critical it is, how important it is for T.J. Finley to basically be out there and be the guy all spring. I mean, I can tell you, I was injured going into my senior year, and I missed spring ball. Uh, ben Allen took my position from me. I had to fight and scratch and call to just get it back towards the end of my senior year. So it is a huge advantage for T.J. Finley to be out there and be the number one quarterback for the majority of reps and to be the veteran in the room. And, and Coach Harson told us, he said he's quizzing the other quarterbacks, he's helping those guys out, showing a ton of leadership, trying to help them better understand things and how to operate this offense. So. I think T.J. Finley's got a big leg up. Calzada is, is obviously going to push him and has a chance to be, to win and be the starter. But, man, T.J. Finley having this spring to himself is absolutely massive. What's it like for you to see uh, Jimmy Brumbaugh back as, uh, the, as the position coach, the D-line coach for Auburn football? Well, first thing, especially being out there on the, on the field in the stadium, you know, brings back a lot of memories of he and I fighting back in the day because <laughs> I think Jimmy and I, Jimmy and I would fight uh, at least Two, three times a week. You know, oh, he wow. played nose guard. I played center. And, you know, Jimmy is the nicest guy, the best demeanor, calm demeanor off the field. But he was a hell of a football player. And then he and I had some battles, and we got into it often. And thankfully, he was the kind of guy that as soon as it was over, it was over, and he didn't carry a grudge. But I'm, I'm thrilled to have Jimmy back. And I think a lot of the turnaround that you've seen in recruiting over the last month or two, I think Jimmy is responsible for a lot of that. Um, and then obviously he's got, you know, a guy like Jason Jones has come in via the portal that he's going to be able to develop. But I know he's excited to be back in Auburn. Uh, I talked to his wife at practice the other day. She's excited to be back. You know, he, he's a guy that it means a lot, and, and, and Auburn means a lot to him. So to have him back out there is just really cool. And, and to have the experience of being at Tennessee, being at Kentucky, being at Oregon, under different head coaches, and just seeing different ways to operate. It's a big deal, and uh, I'm thrilled for him and his family. Talking with Cole Kublik from the SEC Network here on Sports Call. And, uh, Cole, uh, obviously this offseason, a lot of controversy uh, surrounding this, the, the Auburn program and Coach Harson in particular. We don't have to rehash all that. But one of the things that I've heard a lot of players say is they feel like Brian Harson is kind of a different guy this year. It seems like uh, maybe more relatable, things like that nature. You saw this team last year. You were around Brian Harson last year. You got a chance to see him at A-Day. Are you seeing a new Brian Harson? Does it seem like he's being more relatable or, or does it just seem like uh, the same Brian Harson that uh, you know kind of the business uh, business first type guy um, I, I think listen what took place there's no way that it could not affect you um, now I'll say this I, I have I, I feel like I knew coach Harson fairly well before all that happened 
But one thing that I have, I guess a couple of things that I've learned even more of is just his resiliency, his focus more than anything else. And you guys saw it if you watched the game, the television broadcast. You know, I, I kind of tried to lighten him up and have some fun with him a little bit, but everything is it's coaching point, it's detail, it's organization. That's just that's who he is. And so I think this has forced him to maybe just jump into football even more. And I don't know if that was really possible, but you know, he's put even more focus, more drive, more determination into being Auburn's head football coach. And, and that's a positive, one of the positives that may come out of it. And past him, I, I think the team has sort of rallied around it. I think a lot of the team saw what was happening to their coach and didn't like it and kind of took the us-against-the-world mentality. And thankfully, the leadership of guys like John Samuel Schenker and Derek Hall and Nick Brahms and other guys on that team uh, have been able to come together and, and want to go out and try to prove people wrong and try to go win games. But what have I learned about Coach Harson through that? Just that you know, he is, he is still football first, and he is laser-focused, and he is determined, and he is organized, and his way is, is how he's going to live or die because he believes in, in how he has built teams, built programs in the past is the way it should be done, and he believes that that can work at Auburn. So I think we've seen the team come together. He's added some more, I guess, entertaining or fun drills and periods throughout practice, which I think has loosened the guys up a little bit, and then obviously recruiting has turned around a little bit over the last month and a half. So I think things are heading in the right direction. You can't forget it. You won't forget it. You can't act like it didn't happen. But I don't think it's taken anything away from the kind of football coach that Brian Harson is or is going to be at Auburn. All right, Cole. Now, switching to uh, football is football, but sometimes in life there's a lot more serious matters. And uh, you and I were in school here at Auburn at the same time, which means I was also here at the same time with Jeff Klein. Uh, Jeff's obviously uh, a former Auburn quarterback going through some uh, health stuff right now. Uh, you guys know each other very well. You mentioned him on the uh, broadcast of A-Day. Tell us a little bit about Jeff Klein, uh, the situation that's going on, and, uh, and how Auburn fans and all can uh, help support Jeff Klein and his family as they go through this uh, tough time. Yeah, Jeff, was, Jeff was one of the more interesting, fun guys to be around while I was at Auburn. Always having a good time, joking around. Uh, even when you were on the field with him, he was entertaining and a guy that you love kind of just having on your side. And you had a huge arm, was, was a gunslinger-type quarterback, and you know, he was going to have a good time no matter what. And sometimes that'd be making fun of you. Sometimes that'd be him being made fun of, and, and he was always going to laugh it off. And just a, a great friend, now a great husband and a great dad. And I think the thing that, that makes this extremely hard for me is you know, his three boys are all about six months younger than my three and I, I keep playing that game where mentally I can't help but put myself in that situation and said, man, what, like this could be me. This could easily be me because this happened in about a three-week span. About four weeks ago, you know, Jeff goes to the chiropractor because his back's hurting. Two weeks later, he's going to the hospital, and a week after that, he's in intensive care uh, at the stroke center in Columbus. Yeah. Um, he's been diagnosed with cancer now. They've moved him to UAB here in Birmingham and still on life support. You know, he's still struggling. He's not overly responsive. And it's going to be a long, tough road um, either way. And we're just hoping that we can get to the bottom of what kind of cancer it is so we can begin to treat it and hopefully get him back responsive and get him back home with his family because Adrian and those three boys need him. And I think that's the part that's just the hard, the hard reality is that, you know, they don't have their dad. She doesn't have her husband right now. And those three boys are all under seven years old. So that that is a – that is a tough pill to swallow for anybody that, that, that has paid attention to it, that has kids of their own, or that knows somebody that's been through cancer. 
it's not fun. It's not easy. And we just want to try to help her, try to help those boys. Uh, the GoFundMe is out there everywhere. It's at the top of my Twitter feed. I've pinned it. Um, you can search Jeff Klein on GoFundMe site. And listen, we we hit almost $120,000 in three days. And the goal has been bumped up to $200,000 because this is not something that is going to go away when and if Jeff gets out of the hospital. Um, you know, this is this is going to carry on for a long time. They're going to need support for a long time. You know, he was on a 10-month contract there at Lochapoca High School, so there's some uncertainty as to just what's going to happen with his employment status and his pay. So there's a, there's a lot going on for Adrian, and it's just very difficult for her right now. So any help is greatly appreciated. I don't care if you just go like the tweet or if you if you copy the link to the GoFundMe and put it on your Facebook page. Anything helps. Just kind of spread the word and allow more people to help. Over a thousand people have donated, and that's incredible. And a large portion of that is attributed to the Auburn family. How great they are, how special they are, how much people care. You saw for you I mean you go look at the names. You'll see former teammates. You'll see former coaches. You'll see coaches and players from other teams. You'll see guys he played with in high school, guys he coached in high school. He meant a lot to a lot of people. So we now we've got to step up and try to help him and his family, and hopefully we can continue to do that. We certainly will. It's uh, Cole Kublik, SEC Network, Jocks 94.5, Mac and Cube in the morning. Follow him on Twitter, at Cole Kublik. We always appreciate the time. I know you got a busy schedule, so uh, thank you for joining us here on the Plains today, Cole. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Have a, have a good afternoon.